This is the fourth song that we're talking uh, this Christmas series, and we have one more uh, tonight, which is uh, the angel song. And this morning we want to talk about uh, Mary's song. And uh, do you know that? Did you know that Mary sang a song? Uh, and in Luke, and we're going to talk about Mary. Mary's song, Luke 1 from 46 onwards. It's a beautiful song. And just to give the backstory of Mary, Mary is probably uh, 13, between 13 to 16 years old. And uh, the song that she sang, it's, it's amazing, deep songs. If she was 13 years old, to have that kind of song, the depth and the, the, the breath that she covers, it amazes me when I was reading about this song. And I wanted to, I wanted to share that with you, how I was blessed because of those songs. And many of you are probably here 16, some of you are 13, and some of you are older than that. My family, we did a road trip. And we drove to uh, Miami. Miami Beach is beautiful. It's one of the most beautiful beaches I've been. The sands are wonderful. You know, it's just amazing. And we took a slow road trip. And while we were coming back from Miami, uh, we stopped at Tennessee, nearby Nashville. Because we were hungry and it was early in the morning. The kids are awake. And we wanted to do a sudden breakfast. So... We went into one of the restaurants that serves certain breakfasts. And on the radio, they were playing a radio, a country music radio. I don't know why, because probably it's in Nashville. <laughs> uh, and then I heard, like, Taylor Swift. Okay? This is the first time I heard her name. Oh, there's a new song by Taylor Swift. And I didn't pay much attention, but it reminded me of American Idol when it was popular. There was a guy named Taylor the soul train guy or something. So I thought it was him. Right? But, and then when the song came on, it was a girl's song. I was like, wow. Uh, and Taylor Swift was 16 years old. Yeah. Uh, and she's already hitting the radio, and her song became so popular. So this year, uh, there was a new album uh, from her. It's called uh, Reputation. And uh, in the first week, more than one million copies were sold. Uh, worldwide, more than 2 million copies are sold already. Very popular song. From 16-year-old to today, it, it, it is the song lyrics, everything have changed. Um, in this cover, uh, in this album, one of the popular songs that she sang was uh, uh, What You Made Me Do, right? I mean, it's just a reputation of Look what you made me do. Look what you made me do. You know, it just keeps on going on, going on, right? And say, okay, are there some more words here that's going to be meaningful, you know? What did I make you do, you know? <laughs> I didn't. And she's just saying, no, look what you make me do, you know? But it sold two million copies, right? <laughs> uh, and, uh, <clears throat> and the thing is, uh, but people like those things. We have to understand the pop culture was going on here. 
Uh, and if you don't know, it, it's, a, it's an electronic pop music. She was country, crossover, electronic pop music. Uh, and some of you love country music here. Some of you don't love. Some of you love hip hop. Some of you don't know what it is. You know, hip and hop, I don't know. <laughs> hip hop. <laughs> okay, you probably, you don't know. But there's a guy, uh, uh, Lamar Kendrick. Okay? He's a hip-hop, hip-hop guy, right? And Lamar Kendrick and uh, Taylor Swift co-wrote a song. It's called Bad Blood. Okay? And that Bad Blood was supposed to be uh, a feud against some unnamed artist, Katy Perry. <laughs> and that, that Bad Blood won Grammy Award. Best song, best collaboration, video of the year. This is Lamar Kendrick. He's a hip-hop guy. His name was K-Dot before. But he encountered Christ. Although he is a hip-hop singer, he talks about that in every word, when he got the word, when MTV was interviewing him, I have to put Christ in, in my song. And I don't call my song gospel or uh, hip-hop. Let it be what it is. But my faith allows me, I have to inject Christ in every lyrics that I write. You know, my mom has passed on this faith to me. So you, you take it or leave it. But that's who I am. I'm, I'm not apologizing about it. So Halloween comes, then he, he, he dressed as Christ in Halloween. And he said, I'm not going to dress up as some scary monster on Halloween, I'm going to dress up with someone that I idolize. And Christ is a person that I idolize, and I want to put on a message. So we have this, and uh, coming back to uh, Taylor Swift, because I want to make a connection with this Mary. Uh, One of her songs, this song, well, there's no kids here, so I can share a little bit here, right? Um, It's about her becoming a very sexual woman, okay? From a good, nice girl to become this seductress. And there is a song, Dress. Well, you know, last time I said about this hip-hop thing, you went back and listened to so many of the songs, so don't get upset with me, okay? But in the dress, she talks about, I bought this new dress, I put it on so you can rip it apart, right? It's about her progressing of a sexual woman. Um, and when I read this song lyrics, and then comparing this 16-year-old Taylor Swift, Britney Spears, you know, because Britney Spears was 16 also when she made uh, his, her hit song. And then Mary sang this song. And when she opened this song, she said, uh, my soul magnifies to my Savior and my God. No? It's like, it's very different from Hit Me Baby One More Time, right? I mean, <laughs> that song is like, my soul magnifies. My soul magnifies to the Lord my Savior. The word magnify in Greek is uh, megalune or megaluno. See, the word mega came from that. Okay? It means to extend and enlarge. Magnify means to extend and enlarge. 
So what Mary is singing is, my soul is extending and enlarging the kingdom of God and God. That's amazing. For a 13-year-old or a 16-year-old to come up with that line in her song, the first line, my soul magnifies to God my Savior. My soul is extending and enlarging who God is. That's an amazing thing. That's an amazing word. So you are thinking, okay, um, probably if the angel of the Lord come and spoke to me, probably I could sing this song too. It would be easy for me to come up with this song. Uh, Do you think it was easy to come up with this song? Can you sing this song? So let's go back. So this young teenage kid, girl, angel came to her and said that you're going to have a child. It blew her mind. She doesn't understand anything. It hasn't happened yet. Okay? When the angel comes, it hasn't happened yet. This is a first encounter. And this song is sang in the present tense. It's like it has been happening before. It's like my soul magnifies. It's a present tense. She's singing in present tense. And sing, singing about Christ being born already. That is a tall older. Even though God come and told you something that it will happen, we don't know whether it will happen. But this young girl is already singing like it's, it is happening. That is a difficult thing to sing. Because nine months later probably it will come to pass, but it hasn't come to pass yet. But she's singing like it has come to pass. It's not easy to sing this song. You may say, oh, I can sing this song if God comes and told me, come and tells me so. No, it's not easy to sing that song. Because some of the songs that we sing um, are like here. It's like 7-Eleven, right? You sing seven lines 11 times. Right? 7-Eleven songs. And uh, uh, what are the songs that we sing these days? For example, like, uh, there is one song very popular going on in the radio. Lord, I need you to speak to me now. Yeah? I want this now. I want to be healed now. I want you. I need you now. It's some very entitled songs that we sing. And how do we sing that? You know, in unconscious, almost self-abandonment, we're raising our hands and closing our eyes. I need you now, Lord. You know, it's a very entitled worship. It's all about me. God, you got to perform this to me, to me, to me. I need this. I want this right now. Make it happen. The worship songs that we sing. This is not the case with Mary. Because Mary sang this song in two parts. The first part is that Mary sang about who God is. Okay? Her response to how she understood God. And then the second part that she sang was that uh, what God has done. That done great things for her. And she she sings in these two parts. It's not about, I need this now, I want this now. It's like we're ordering God to make worship our Christ God-centric. It's about what God has done. So, thank you God for sending your son. Thank you Jesus for dying on the cross for our sins. Thank you for the resurrection and the hope that we will have an eternal life with you. That's a worship song. 
It has nothing to do with you. In fact, that's a complete worship song. It's a Christ-centric, God-centric song. And it is important for us to sing with the purpose of Mary when we sing songs. So we are not just singing it because we want to feel good. Right? When we are with thousands of people, hundreds of people and singing worship songs, we forget what lyrics we are singing. We are caught up in that moment and we feel so good within us that in self-abandonment we raise our hands and close our eyes and sing Without really understanding what the lyrics is. It's a 7-11 song. You sing seven lines 11 times. Mary did not do that. And he said, my soul rejoiced. She rejoiced in God the Savior. Right? What is the meaning of rejoice? Rejoice means to be exceedingly glad. Okay? To be exceedingly glad. So... Mary was exceedingly glad and she sang the song. I was thinking, okay, so this young girl who is supposed to be married to Joseph, the angel came and told her that you're going to conceive a child. Well, I I am not married yet. Right? What will Joseph think of me? See, it's not that easy if you think about it because... This can be very fatal for Mary because she can be stoned to death. Okay? This is a life sentence if she said yes to it. Because if she is conceived, if she is pregnant uh, outside the marriage, adultery penalty is death. But this young girl, when God came and told her all these things, uh, did she understand? No. She said, I, I, I don't have a clue what you're saying. I don't understand what you're trying. She was very honest about it. And, uh, but I'm going to rejoice. If some of you, your marriage crashed, your marriage is going to be tomorrow, the bride or groom doesn't show up, or you found out that he or she has another boyfriend, girlfriend, right? And all the implication, it's going to ruin your family reputation, your life, even to the point of death, do you think you will say that that will be a rejoicing time? Exceedingly, oh, I'm exceedingly glad that my marriage is going to be blown up. No, but she said, exceedingly glad. Why? Because she sang not about Mary, she sang about God. Eh? Worship is about Jesus. It's not about how you feel at that time. Even in this present right now, worship is not about how you feel, how your circumstances. A song is for God. God put a song in us to sing about Him. So, when we understand who God really is, and experience who God really is in our life, our worship becomes better. It is hard to worship the Lord without knowing God. So are you exceedingly fill in the blank? This Christmas, are you exceedingly busy? Anxious? Worried? Stressed? Depressed? What are you exceedingly? 
For Mary, she was exceedingly glad. We can be caught up this Christmas season. And it can be all about us other than about Christ. It's about shopping, wrapping gifts, making dinner list, where to go, which parents to go, how are we going to divide the time so our kids can spend here and there. You're worried about how is my relationship going to be with my friends, my in-laws, would they be happy with me? We have this weight of the world on our shoulder. And we are exceedingly everything except glad. For Mary, it wasn't. She was exceedingly glad, despite she knew that this could cost her life. She was exceedingly glad, and she rejoiced in God, the Savior. Why did she do that? Because God regarded her lowly estate. And from today, I will be called blessed. That's what she said. You have regarded my lowly estate. I'm blessed. Mary wasn't marrying some CEO in a Silicon Valley company. Or a prince. You know? Or a wealthy guy, a rich guy, well-known guy. She's probably going to marry a carpenter. And there's nothing wrong with being a carpenter, by the way. She's going to marry a carpenter. Lowly. But she rejoiced in the Lord. And there is a beautiful thing about this song. Because it appears when we read. In the beginning of the story. It seems like God needed Mary. Right? It seems like God needed Joseph. We feel like oh without Mary. Things would not have been possible. Because God really needed Mary to be the vessel. For uh, the incarnate God. But if you read deeper, it's a little different. In fact, it was Mary that needed God. It was Joseph that needed God. I'll tell you two stories from Old Testament and New Testament. So when Elijah went and fled from Ahab, the king, and when he went to that Sidonian widow in Zarephath, he encountered the widow who was gathering sticks going to make fire and make the last meal and she and her son is going to die after eating that meal. Do you remember that story? Right? And Elijah said, I'm really hungry. Can you please give me that food? Right? Do you think that Elijah needed more food or the widow needed more food? See? If you read deeper, it's the widow that needed more food. Because after she served Elijah, what happened to her family and her relatives is that the flour and the oil never ran out during the famine. It was her that needed Elijah more than Elijah needed her food. Eh? Come back to New Testament. The Samaritan woman at Jacob's well. Christ was there in the afternoon waiting at the well. And he wanted a drink of water. And he asked her, can you give me water to drink? Do you think that Jesus needed more water or the Samaritan needed more? And we know that it was the Samaritan that needed the eternal spring water more. You see, this is the beauty of our Lord Jesus Christ. And the fantastic strategy, if I can call it, about outreach. He saw the need of other people, right? He saw the need of other people and used that need as an opportunity... To share the good news. 
In the case of the Samaritan woman, Jesus saw that she needed Christ already. But he was thirsty, and he used the thirst to connect with her, and then share where the water is. The same thing with the prophet Elijah. And he was hungry. He took what was needed at that time that was food and used that to bless her. It's the same thing. Mary, Joseph, all of us needed the good news. And Christ God took this opportunity of the cry for the Messiah after 400 years of silence and uh, and took that opportunity like uh, uh, Christ God needed Mary. In fact, it was Mary, the whole universe, that needed us, and he used that opportunity. The thing about Christ is, he adds value to our life. See? Whenever there is an encounter with God, with Christ, in a real authentic way, that encounter adds values to our lives. Christ adds value to our life. Christ adds value to Mary's life. Christ adds value to Joseph's life, to the Samaritan woman's life. He said, you regarded my lowly estate. It was Christ who recognized my need and came to me. That is the reason why I am blessed. In fact, for Mary, she is blessed among all women. This is the beauty of that song. And Mary recognized that a 13-year-old, a 16-year-old, was able to see that Christ is adding value into my life. And she's able to rejoice being exceedingly glad because of all this understanding. I mean, this is amazing. It's amazing to me. Because why? Because he has done great things. He has done great things. And what is that great things? That great thing is that God is willing to give his life for us. What is greater than that? He, Mary recognized that. That God has done great things. Because at that time, when they were waiting for the Messiah, and people were crying and hungry, they want to get freedom from the domination of the Rome. And this domination of foreign power has not ceased because they were under the Persian domination and now coming under the Roman domination. They haven't experienced freedom. They want freedom. At this time, God is coming to them and saying, I'm going to give you the freedom. And how am I going to give you? I'm going to give you by giving my life to you. Mary recognized that. You have done great things. And you are merciful to those who fear you. This word mercy is talking about the reverent fear of God. And to understand this mercy and why God chose Mary, we have to go back to the history a little bit. Okay, because not a lot is written about Mary. Not a lot is written about Mary, her background, where her family, we don't know much about her. The first encounter was when the angel of the Lord appeared to her, right? Okay, are you guys with me this morning? Yes, because I feel this is very important that you can share to your kids and families and other people, okay? Because this song is important. So, to understand... Um, we have to understand the first century Jewish woman and a Jewish child. Because in our westernized mind, this is what you know about Mary, okay? See? I mean, this is the Mary that you have in your mind. You have been the, uh, embedded in your mind and heart when you think about Mary, you know, Jesus and holding a lamb. She looks pretty. This is not a Jewish 
understanding of who Mary is. But you have this in your mind. So I want to take you out of this and take you to a first century Jewish woman and a Jewish child. When we understand that, we will understand this great mercy. Okay? So to, in, order, in order to understand Mary, then we have to go to the home of a, of a Jew at that time. So for a Jew, a home is a sacred sanctuary. It is the dwelling place of God. All the faith, the rituals, the Torah, the prayer, the reading begins at home before it goes to the temple. Even though the temple was the cent- central point for a Jewish life, but the faith begins at home. That is the reason why when the temple was destroyed in 70 CE AD, and the Jewish diaspora were scattered all over the place, they were able to easily east in to have worship because the house was the beginning of the worship. They were able to conduct the rituals, their faith in their house. Because the house is a sanctuary. It is supposed to be respected, honored. And you cannot desecrate your dwelling. You cannot dishonor and you cannot violently rip apart a home because it is the sanctuary and the dwelling of God. Right? Are we there with me now? Right? So at this time, what happens is Joseph's fa- Mary's father and mother has taught Mary how to read the Torah, how to pray, the first ritual of the Passover, you know, all those things they have done there. They have celebrated all those things. And Mary has faithfully done all things. Do you think God missed all those things? No. It is not by accident that God chose Mary to be the vessel of the incarnate God. Because all these practices were done at home. And God saw the consistency, faithfulness, innocence, and purity of Mary. He chose Mary out of all the women that were there at that time. Because Mary had been a faithful disciple. See, the song of Mary speaks about the discipleship of Mary. It is amazing. When you understand those backgrounds, then you can say, Okay, God has shown mercy to those who have a reverent fear on Him. Why? Because Mary had a reverent fear on God and faithfully practiced all this thing that God has commanded. It's amazing. It's an amazing story. And then she said, God has scattered the proud. The imagination. So all the intellectual wisdom and moral values of the world, God scattered all those things. And he chose the lowly. You know, when you go fast forward to 1 Corinthians chapter 1, if you read from 20 onwards till the end, in fact, in 25, 26, right at 26, God talks about that God has chosen the foolish of the world. Not many of you were noble when I called you. Not many of you were wise when I called you. I can definitely relate to that. I can definitely relate to that. You are wiser than me. You are more noble than me. The one you are sitting here this morning. You are wiser than me. You are more noble than me. But God called me for a reason. It's the fulfillment of the word. How he scattered the proud. How he has taken the kings from the seat of throne and have exalted the lowly. This is a miracle. This is an upside down economic in God's kingdom. And I work for the kingdom in God Inc. 
Right? Because I qualified, because I'm a fool for the Lord. I'm not wise. I don't understand all of the things that God is telling in the Bible. I don't understand. Just like Mary, I don't know. I don't understand, but I'm willing to go out there and see where it leads me. I will follow you. That's where I am. If you ask me all the answers, of the, I don't have a clue. Sometimes. Right? I may say, oh yeah. But I really don't know. You know, I don't want to look like bad before you because I'm your pastor. But God shows mercy. Because Mary experienced the mercy of the Lord. And the song that came out of her was real, authentic, honest before God. And it struck chord with God and all of us. Every worship song that we sing here, every hymn that we sing here, if we don't really understand the grace and mercy of God, we can't connect with the Lord. We can't connect with the Lord. And He filled the hungry. Filled the hungry. I want to share with you a story because I believe that the miracle continues in our lives. We have one of our members that has been struggling for a while. And he felt like he's in the deep end. You know, the bottomless pit of darkness. He was not able to come out of that cycle. And it really struck chord with me as a pastor of this church. And I, I, I was praying, praying. I was talking to his wife. How to, how to do this, you know. I was just praying secretly in my heart for a while. And after a couple of months... Um, I made an effort to say, after much prayer, say, you know, brother, can I pray with you? And, uh, and uh, he said to me, um, you know, I am struggling. Uh, I am bipolar. Uh, I am embarrassed. I feel like I'm losing my memory. And I can't speak properly. I, I shouldn't meet with anybody. I'm not going to venture out of my house and embarrass you in front of other people. This is our beloved brother that we're talking about here in the church. And I'm talking about the miracle. But somehow we decided to meet. And we met. We had lunch together in a bright sunny day outside. And, and then the, we started to continue praying and reading the scripture together. And one, one time when we were praying, God just lifted me up from where I was sitting and uh, I laid hand on him and I, I was praying to God to heal him. And that was the prayer. Late, weeks later, uh, their brother came and shared among us and said to us that I was near death. I feel like I was going to die. There's his word. I feel like I was going to die. I am bipolar and you will not understand this mental illness. Unless you go through it, you will never know. But I feel like I was going to die. I couldn't breathe. Then you came and prayed for me and it healed me. And that, that brother has been very active now in our church. For the past three, four, two, three months. He's been writing encouraging uh, emails to me. Talking about the word of God. Right? If you're struggling with uh, bipolar, mental issues, 
I believe there is a song within you. That can break up. There is a song within you. Song that can break light. Light. And free you from this. Vicious cycle. Unpleasant cycle of life. I believe in the miracle. That Mary sings. Because our God is merciful. And if we have a reverent fear on God. He is merciful. Some of you are taking care of kids, families that have mental illness, bipolar. Let us look to the Lord this Christmas that there is a new song waiting to break out within them. How about that? Yes? Amen? Because God fills the hungry. He can fill the hungry. The hunger that we have, they cannot be filled with the things of the world. The food that we eat, the money that we have, the clothes that we wear, the house that we live, the cars we drive, the name that you have in the world, that cannot, that cannot fill your world. Many of your K-pop followers, just this past week, one of the most popular K-pop young guy committed suicide. He was like 28 years old. Well loved in Korea. Very handsome. And he said, I'm going to stop. I'm just going to stop. I can't take it anymore. I'm going to stop. And, and he took his life. There are things in the world that the fame and the glory cannot give us. But the song that Mary sang can give us. This is the promise that has given to servant Israel. Actually to Jacob and his son. That we will be prince and princesses of God not because of who we are but because of the promise that God has made to Jacob and Mary sang about this the promise that you made to the servant Israel Jacob and that the seed forever of Abraham she ended with song with that song that we are the seed of Abraham the promise that was made when you go back to Genesis that all nations will be blessed through Abraham. Imagine this song was sang by a 13-year-old or a 16-year-old girl. And it was spontaneous. They didn't have time to prepare. I went to the STEM program for my sons. And uh, in the team building, we had to put in our head into this Christmas head. And whatever topics that we get, we have to speak right there. That's a team building, right? So, do you need to prepare for 30 seconds? That's all they gave to us, whatever we pick. So, who's going to go first? So, I went in, I picked, and it's a foreign country. Do you need to prepare something? You know, 30 seconds. And we spoke right there, for, for, right there, spontaneous speaking. It was very, it's hard when you, prepare, when you don't prepare. But this young girl spontaneously sang about God from the beginning to the promises and what we are to expect in these coming days. My friends, this is the song that shattered the 400 years of silence. God did not speak for 400 years. And when God moved, there was a song that burst out of a teenager 
that changed the history of our world. That's the God that we worship. Welcome to the kingdom of God. Welcome to the song of Mary. We know ask the uh, worship team to come up. And let the song of Mary inspire you to break out a new song that you will sing. It will be your own song that can bless other people. Before we take the offering, I want to share uh, with you. First is that we have uh, another service at 7 p.m. tonight. And we're going to look at the angel song. This is the quintessential Christmas anthem. Glory to God in the highest. Peace on earth and goodwill towards man, humankind. So I'm going, to, I'm going to preach on three phrases. One is glory. Second is peace. And third is goodwill. So I'm going to talk on these three phrases, three words that changes the history of the world. And it's a song that has been arranged by the angel. So let's sing. Let, uh, so I want to invite you. Bring a friend. Bring somebody to bring in. It will be a special night. And whoever comes here, we have this Bethlehem flame light from the birthplace of, birthplace of Jesus. All of you will get a candle with that flame to take home to your house. So you can light it on your Christmas tree or on your table. So you can have the flame of Christ during this holiday season until New Year. Isn't that beautiful? That's amazing to me. It's a little small miracle that warms my heart. And you can pass on to your neighbor. And if they ask something about what this flame is, that might give you an opening to share the peace and goodwill to your neighbors and other people. So we have candles ready for you to take home the flame. So grab somebody, just say, hey, there's a flame in Santa Clara First Baptist Church. Flame that will change your mind, right? And then pray for us, my wife and my family. We are leaving for India tomorrow. Our flight is at 7.30, okay? So please pray that our flight there, our, our trip there is meaningful. We're going to visit some slums. We're going to go back to our orphanage with the children home, and above all, me and my family is going to be able to see my mom, which we haven't seen for almost three years. I talked to her, and she said, this is, the, this is going to be the last time I get to see you. you know? She's already preparing that we will not get to see us. So every year I go, I come back with a heavy heart that I might not be able to see her again. So let it be a peaceful, joyful time for all of us. Right? So pray for us. We're going to sing uh, together, uh, and uh, I'm going to pray. Uh, may God bless you this Christmas season, that we will offer a song, a song that comes from us, a song that is breaking out, the breakout song that we have, because you have touched us, you have, you have spoken to us. We bring our tithes and offering, Lord, as a gratitude to what you have done for us. May our offerings, may our tithes, may our singing be pleasing to you. We pray this in Jesus' name.